Welcome back. Live in the studio. It's a different vibe today. It's crazy. Crush a lot podcast. I'm your boy Cheese. Cal Zingas, Kalina in the house. That's right. Back to back episodes. Back to back. Back to back. I came to the city. You came to the city. <laughs> Let's just get the studio, get the guests. Let's marathon it. That's right. We have a whole movie going on here. We just finished with Bodega Bam. Go check out that episode. El Camino available now. Right now, we're excited for our next guest. One of the best MCs outside right now. Latest album, The Phantom of Paradise, available right now. Hit the links below. Remy Banks is here. Remy, how are you? What's good, bro? What's up? Man, it's, it's, it's been good to watch your ascension. Um, in this very crowded market these days, there's so many MCs, so many different lanes, and it's great to see your name out there. The Phantom of Paradise is a solid, solid project that's right. continuously building more curiosity. And I always tell this, I tell you, me and Kurt Love Day talk about this all the time. If you make me want to hear you and be curious about you, you did your job. Right. So you did your job very well. Let's start from the beginning for those who don't know Remy Banks. When when did this MC thing, when did this hip hop thing become something that you wanted to do? When did you get introduced to it and started to be like, what is this thing? Well, I got introduced to hip hop at a very early age. Like the first rap song I can recall was a Wu Tang, the uh, Mystery of Chess Box, and I saw the music video on Video Music Box. And uh, that it was it. It was over from then. You know what I mean. But um, as far as my career goes, I've you know I've always I wrote raps when I was a kid and stuff like that. Me and my cousin, and then um, we used to rap at like Thanksgiving and shit. Like they'll throw on an instrumental, and we'll rap at like you know around the, in the um, living room and shit for the family. Like the intro to Eddie Murphy joint. Wait, they like Eddie do a jump. <laughs> Like, that's what we used to do and shit. But then, um, I hope me freestyling in high school, too. And that's why I met Cody Beware, who's in World's Fair as well. We went to high school together, and, uh, it was a rap battle at a school dance, and Cody killed a whole rap crew by himself. He beat, it was like, it was like eight man. It was him versus the whole crew. And then when he went to face Papa Doc, he cursed, so he got disqualified. And, uh, me and him became cool after that. So then, you know, he left school. I seen him like after that shit. And he was like, "Yo, do you still rap?" And I was like, "Yeah, why? What's up?" He's like, "Oh, I'm a- I'm um, interning at Columbia. Um, you know, you should really start taking this shit a little serious. You know, have you ever thought about it?" I was like, "Nah, I never did." So he was like, "Yo, pull up to my homie's crib. I think he lives two blocks from me." And I pulled up, and it was Lansky's crib, who was also in World's Fair. And it was him, Nasty Nigel, this kid Lloyd, Loyal from the Bronx, he was there. And uh, it was somebody else that was over there. But I was like, oh, so y'all got like a little rap collective going on down here in this nigga basement? Like, all right, cool, I can get jiggy with this. And I just started going over there every day. And like, just being around them made me want to write more and write and, and perfect my craft which I did we just kept growing Children of the Night was like the collective that was our collective name 
Then Cody was like, y'all want to pursue my solo shit. Loyal was like, y'all don't even want to rap no more. So then we became a trio, me, Nigel, and Lansky. And then we just started building from there. Like literally rocking shows. Anywhere we could find a show, we was doing a show. Then we started doing our own show. Down at LES at Fat Baby and shit. And then um, we just kept building. Like literally kept building. And then um, I think it was, uh, who was it, Mishka? They hit us up in like 2011. Like, yo, we, we doing like a little music program. We putting out albums where basically we're, we're doing uh, <clears throat> physical releases. We'll do a merch collab. We'll pay, uh, pay for a full press run and let this shit go from there. So they started like a little like a little indie label on the room. And they put out, that's crazy, X-Squire playing. They put out X-Squire shit that blew up. Then they put out my homie Cities of Eve shit that was fired. And then we was next. So the shit just ended up going up from there. Like we had like Spin picked it up, Billboard picked it up. And that was like, I was like, all right, cool. We, all right, we in the game now. We're, I guess. Here. We're, here. We're they, here. They writing about us. We in the game now. And at the same time, I mean, Vans was going up. Zombies was going up. We was all together as like a unit. Because at this time, World's Fair is a thing. Yeah. And um, the city was live. Like, you couldn't go to one of our shows without seeing them. You couldn't go to their shows without seeing us. Like, we just all would bring each other out by the end of the night. So every show was live. Like, it, it, it was it was a good time. It's, it's always good to see hip-hop. There's pockets of hip-hop and certain groups that always tend to gravitate towards each other and, and just uplift each other. Yeah, competition's good. My bars are better tonight than yours. But let's all get this pot Right. And there's certain hip hop circles that don't do that, but it's great to see that you're in that because it leads for like better creative energy, like that you know rock you know swords keep each other really sharp. So it's great to see that, especially because Bodega Bam is right next to us. You know that you have someone there like to just spar with, to just be creative with. Um, when you're thinking about this latest project, The Phantom of Paradise, available right now, hit the links below. When you when you're thinking about creating that, and you're thinking and you're seeing everything else around you, how do you approach this album in terms of making sure that your voice, your sound, your style, your flag is being the, portrayed in the best way for you to get the biggest audience as possible? Let me see. Well, I guess you could say the first I, my first project I put out, like on a solo effort that you know had a press run was higher. That was in like 2015. And the response from that wasn't up to my expectations. And I feel like it was the fact that we didn't put it on uh, streaming services. It only lived on SoundCloud because um, management at the time was like, yo, it got too many samples, let's not put it up. I don't want to get in trouble and all of this. And I, you know, I was like, all right, cool. I respect y'all. We're here, you know, we're I respect here. This. So right. we're we didn't here. put it up. We only put the sampleless records up, which was only, I think it was like Ego. And Rem, those are the only two songs that were on streaming services, so nobody heard the record until I put it on streaming services in 2018. People were like, "Yo, what is this album?" And I'm like, "Yo, I put that shit out three years ago." So I'm like, "You know what? I guess this is, you know, this is how this shit works." Sometimes. Understanding the audience and who listens to hip hop and where they go to, 
exactly. and how to distribute your music. Exactly. So that was a learning lesson there. And then uh, I ended up going on tour with the Flappers Army 2016. And 20, like when I got off the road, I started recording a lot, just working with different producers that was like local, like local cats, like underground kids that were just doing loops and shit. Like uh, this dude, Roper Williams. He would play, he would be at XL a lot. Uh, Who else would be over there? Uh, My dude, No Life was over there a lot. Uh, Wiki was over there a lot, because he was signed to XL at the time. So that little basement was like a little hub for us. And um, I did Champ Putty 1, Champ Putty 2 over there. And then like, something just was, it wasn't clicking in me. I was like, yo, man, I don't know what's going on. I feel like my shit is falling on deaf ears. Like, I'm not getting mentioned as much as my pairs are being mentioned. So I'm like, why is that? And I don't have these conversations with bands often. And bands would be like, yo, don't even worry about that, bro. Just keep doing what you're doing. I was like, you know what? You're right. As well as everybody else would say the same thing. I was like, you know what? You're right. Let me just focus on what I got to do and focus on honing in on the, the sound that I want to yeah. put out to the world. Your craft. And I took a break for a minute. Like, just took a break from the music shit for a minute. I went tra- I traveled. And then um, right before COVID hit, I got in the album mode. And um, the last joint I recorded, matter of fact, before COVID hit was the Beef and Brock joint. Me and Rome was in the lab. Right. And then um, COVID hit, I'm like, yo, damn, I can't put out an album while all of this is going on. Like, we don't know when we're going to perform again. Like, I'm not putting out an album right now. So let me just keep working on joint. Yeah, there's no no way to get not only that first wave of money, but that second wave of money, that third wave of money from touring and merch because the audience is not there when we can't go out. And I also didn't feel like it would have reached its full potential. Because, yeah. you know, touring the album makes it reach a different audience mm-hmm. that a certain 100%. streaming platform can't reach, you know what I'm All saying? All right. So with that being said, what made you feel like, okay, this is the time to put this out? You know, with everything that's been going on for the, the past year, what did you think, like, oh, okay, well, maybe it's time for me to put music out? Um, everybody was at home. I realized everybody's at home. You just can't go to the club no more. So everybody's at home reading books, smoking weed. Taking shots on Zoom with they boys, so I'm like, yo, you know what? 2021, I'm a, I'm gonna start the year, the new year off right. I'm gonna drop this joint because I got like three other projects in the stash. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start the year off right with this, just because things are starting to get, you know, a little more. Yeah. Like you can see where things are going a little bit. No, well now with the vaccine and everything. So I'm like, all right, I'll drop this and see where it goes, and hopefully it sticks. Shout out to the no clubs. It, it keeps me having four kids and not eight kids. My bachata game is too good. So I can't I can't be out there in the clubs. Keep these entanglements. They're no good, bro. They're no good. They're no good. So shout out to COVID. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm allowed to have these things. It's a great thing about my relationship. You got to work on that, people. Got to work on that. Um, when, you, when you're crafting an album like this one, the market right now, underground hip hop is 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 pretty good right now. There's a lot of good things. There's a you could go in any direction. There's a lot of music for different type of listeners. I'm an older listener. It's gonna take a it's gonna be hard to grab my attention and keep it because I'm just I'm a 40 year old who likes who likes bars in a certain way. Uh, you're not gonna give me something and then be like, yeah, okay, move on. I'm just a different listener. Um, w- when you're thinking about 
your music and your audience, how much of that goes into your creative process and when you're making music? There's a lot of music that's out there for like, this is who I am. There's a lot of music is, I want to just sell product. So I'm going to just make different type of music for the audience. Where are you with that? Because your music is very specific. Um, I feel like I've always been working toward the perfect sound for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like like I want people to look back and be like, oh, this is this is what he brought to the game. Like, this was his sound. This was his pocket. Like, he made his own lane. He, did his, he had his own sound, his own flow. This is what he did. Because the type of rap I grew up listening to, everybody had their own style. Like, nobody was copying each other. And... Like, a lot of people would categorize this as underground rap or whatever, but I don't feel like I make underground rap. I feel like I make music that could be played on the radio. Because if this was the 90s, this would be on the radio. 100%. So, and I, and I feel the same about the pig, my peers and everybody else that I listen to. I feel like if this was the 90s, we would be on the radio. But you know and what they like it. now, though. But you know what they like. They like trap beats. They like commercial sound. It's not like they're looking for... Uh, music, you know, they're not looking for lyricism, well, so that's like the problem. Are, I feel like they are now. Now, like, like I said, like now that you can't go to the club and jump off the DJ booth on top of people, you can't do that no more. <laughs> I so miss those days. You're at home, you really listening to bars, you listening to what people got to say. So I'm like, all right, cool. I've been doing this. It's the perfect time to continue doing what I'm doing. Let's go. Let's, right. let's go. With, like a cycle. Let's do it in full force. So I'm sure Loveday's dagger game is impressive in the clubs. Um, I'm not sharing that story, um, <laughs> but it is. Um, your sound is very is is really based on a lot of the the old school sound of of boom bap. That's kind of like where right, it's tailored modern, to, uh, but right? modernized, yeah, for, absolutely. Um, how what's your what's your process in selecting and and creating? Uh, this, these, the beats that you have because you the sound and the whole imagery that you have it, it kind of blends very well together. It seems like it's very thought out and right. and put out there. Where a lot of people, a lot of experiences may have good songs and tracks, but then they're not interwoven in a way that gives me a whole listening experience from track one from track to the last track. Uh, but you in the in the Phantom Paradise, it just seems very cohesive, like it all belongs together some way. How much is that deliberate? How did that that come to be in your process? Um, as far as like my beat selection goes, I've always made it a point to like bring the sound that I grew up listening to to the new generation, but just in a modern way, like to show them like, yo, this is like just like how my predecessors showed me what they used to listen to. Like I was listening to Parliament. You know, I was listening to a lot of disco, a lot of old, like Johnny Hill, Keith Sweat, like R&B and stuff like that. Like, and then, you know, dudes started sampling that stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. It's time to show the future generation what I was showing. And when it comes to the beats, it's just, it's like, all right, let me pick what I feel like I would sound good on. That I want to get into my pocket on. Like, I want to get in my groove on. And I usually, like, just select beats, throw them in a playlist, and then um, I just listen to them shits over and over and over and over while I smoke. And I wake up early, you know, I, I 
smoke an L and I literally listen to the beats on loop. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Let me start piecing shit together. Here, here, here. And this is the story that I want to tell on these joints. And then that's how the shit just comes together. Right. You had a lot of soul samples on this. You had a lot of skits. You had a lot of harmonizing. You kind of sang a little bit on this album. I felt like you really tried to make it diverse for everybody. So what have been some of your most memorable moments so far in your career? Memorable moments? Yes. Because it's not like you put out music like, you know, a lot of the artists now, they put out an album every, you know, every month, every two weeks. Like, they're always constantly putting out music. So what are some of the most memorable moments you've had so far? It's been a lot because, you know, I like to, I feel like, the best writing comes from living life, so you have experiences to write about. Right. So that's why, you know, I be taking time between projects because I like to, you know, experience some shit to write about. And um, let me see. One of the most memorable moments, Bam just brought this up earlier. We all went to LA. I shot my first solo video. It's joint called Gold Chain. And uh, we shot that as soon as we landed in LA. And... We ended up wilding out that night. We got drunk. We was on, on, on the strip. Who, who we saw? We saw, I think we saw Ray J on the strip. Yeah. He was like, yo, yo, Ray J, we got Fab in the car. Yo, he said, you want to fight you? <laughs> and Ray J just looked at us like, what? And we just peeled off, yo. We was wilding. But uh, also going on tour with Earl Sweatshirt was dope. Because it was a lot of, uh, it was a lot of people. It was a lot of artists that, I'm huge, like I'm a huge fan of, and we were in rooms with those people, but on some chill shit too, because like they knew of my shit just because they were at the show from beginning to end. Like yo, you did your thing, da 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 da. da. I'm X Y Z, and I'm just trying to play cool, but I'm just like yo, like I'm in the studio with Ninth Wonder right now, yo. Little do he know when I first started rapping, all I did was rap over Ninth Wonder beats. So like. That, yeah. that tour was very memorable for me. Uh, the Zombies tour was also very memorable for me. Because uh, also linking with a lot of, you know, weed plugs, you know, a lot of a lot of growers, a lot of the growers that were starting off small then, but now they have huge companies now. And those are all people that are like, yo, you help promote my shit. Yo, I love, like, you know, let me help promote your shit now. Send me that free sample, bro, right now. <laughs> So, like, you know, and I, I guess you could say the time that I had off was great, a great memorable moment because I got to, like, really learn about myself. I got to, you know, just observe where I wanted, like, you know, just observe what I'm doing and where I wanted to take this shit moving Right, forward. like you grew up, you yeah. know, like you were able to enjoy your life for a little bit. Yeah, I think that adds a lot of weight to your words. Right. That experience that you can tell when you listen to the project that is is not just because it wasn't I just one thing. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't, wasn't like just I'm good with because a lot of people with good with words, but their words don't have no weight to it, right. so it doesn't stick. You don't feel anything. I don't it's feel just, anything. It's just music. Like for example, I'll use Tupac for example. I don't think he's the best technical lyricist ever, but his but words mean so much. Saying, his words different. mean a lot. So it hits people different, and that's how I felt about this this project. Like you have the technical skills, but you also have a way to of connecting those words in a way where an older gentleman like myself 
who shouldn't go to the club because it just gets me in trouble. Uh, uh, it, 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 it hits me in, in a way. And that's, it, you know, for a 40 year old, um, soon to be one year older, it, it's, that means a lot to me because it's like a lot of the music I listen to in terms of hip hop is like, I want to like it, but you're not saying anything for me to really follow through on. This project, The Random Paradise, it has a lot of weight to it where you can see you exploring the world around you and how you connect to that. When you when I'm when I'm thinking about this album and your energy of it, how much of that is like Kanye always said this one thing that always stuck to me and I feel this way. It's like my when I talk about music or make music, I see a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but my eyes see colors. I have a feeling you have a something similar to when you create like you may not be able to explain it. But what is it about the music creation when you like? Where do you go? Uh, what energy are you feeling? Uh man, that's a really good question. Um, Could be the weed too. That, helps. that <laughs> might be that might be. Now nah, for sure, the weed. You know, I'm always smoking some something fire. And I <laughs> spark that up, but once I spark that up, whatever beat that I put, I throw on at the time. Shout out to my man Ali too. My man in London. This dude. Was like, yo, you have ADD, bro. Like, you listen to beats, bro. You'll be writing to one beat, bro. The beat changes, bro. And then now you're writing to the next joint, bro. For the whole new flow. Like, how do you do it? And I started laughing. I was like, yo, I got to stop doing that shit. Because then a lot of my shit started to sound similar. Yeah. Because I'm writing the same shit just on different beats. So, you know, with one beat, I'll listen to that shit on loop. Like, on loop. And then, like, I would... As I'm listening to the shit, I would realize, like, all right, how does this beat make me feel? Like, I, I, I would ask myself, like, what does this shit make me feel? Like, like, what story can I tell on this? Like, what Remy can I portray on this record? Like, the smooth Remy, the imp- introspective Remy, the Remy for the ladies. Like, like what mm-hmm. Remy can I get on this? And then next thing you know, I just get in the bag. Like, I just get the, I say an opening line, and once that opening line is there... The floodgates open. Right, and on the on this project, what did you feel like made you reach out to somebody like Rome Streets? Did you feel like, oh, you know, he raps well, or did you see him as, oh, he's doing really good right now in the underground? How did you approach him to do, you know, anything on your project now? Um, shout out to my man Rome. Um, well, for a minute. Like, I wasn't really hip to what was going on. I guess you could say, like, rap-wise. Like, I was hip, but I didn't know that Rome Streets existed. Right. Like, I did not know he existed. And um, I knew about Mutant Academy. Anakin and them were coming up to New York, like, often around that time that I met Rome. Um, they were coming up to New York often, and then Anakin was like, yo, we have the show at Highline. It's us, Rome Streets. Um, who else was on that show? Uncle John. That was my introduction to Uncle John, too. Um, I already knew Al Davino because I met him prior with my, like, I think that was like 2016, 2017. And um, I came into the venue, and Uncle John is on, Al Davino's on stage with him, and I'm listening to him rap, and I'm like, yo, nah, nah, like, nah, nah. Erase like, everything. I, I, was, I was bugging out. Like, Throw nah, like, yo, where, like, where's all this rap been for the past few years for me? Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, I was it's getting there, bored of this shit. Like, I was getting bored of this right. shit. 
And then I heard I heard him and I'm like, yo, this shit is crazy. Then Munich Academy came on. Obviously I'm familiar with their shit, you know, those are my fans. So I'm like, alright, cool. Then Rome headlined the shit. I stayed for Rome. XY was in the crowd too. He XY pulled up. He was like, You never heard of Rome Street? So like, nah, he was like, yo. <laughs> right. <laughs> Reason Rome why he's headlighting. Like he killed it. So I was like, yo, alright. There's dudes rapping. Like I thought it was nobody really they're caring rapping. about this they rap shit, but they they're rapping. So I'm like, yo, all right, let me, let me, um, I wouldn't even say let me tap in because they already all knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, Anakin would be pulling up to the studio often. Like, that's how I got linked with Grey Matter. Right. And, um, I was in LA and I linked with Light. And Light sent me this joint, like, yo, as soon as you left the crib, I came across this one beat. And I heard your shit, like I just heard you on it. As soon as I heard the beat, I heard Rome on it. So I had Rome up, like, yo, I got this joint. And he was like, bet, say less, let me know when to pull up to the studio. And we literally wrote that shit right there. Back and forth, we wrote that shit going back and forth. Yeah, now shout out to um, Mutant Academy, Flight Anakin, Big Kahuna, Monday Night, Gray Matter. We see you. Yo, that's a a dope group right there. For sure. What is the next step for Remy Banks? You you have in in this scene a wealth of respect from your peers. Your, your project is out now. Um, Phantom of Paradise is out now. There's a great sound for you that goes with what the movement is right now. So there's a chance for to really break into the next phase of it. What is the next step to to get there? Um, even and even thinking about it in a COVID world because that's also a part of it, right? You know, that's a part of what gets in the way of some of this stuff. What's the next step for you? Are you gonna have your own weed farm? Because you know, I'm I, this, I, I, I'm an investor these days. <laughs> well, I'm work definitely working on that. Definitely tapping into the cannabis industry for sure. Um, what's next? Staying consistent. Like I said, I got you know I got a few projects in the tuck. That we're just trying to figure out how to space out as the year progresses. And then uh, I'm also working on like the album album. Like the album album. The album. Like the album album. Like bands always told me, like, yo, you need to tell your your, your story, yo. Like you cut from an ill cloth. Like yep. your lineage is crazy. And um, shout outs to that hip hop uncovered show. Um I mean uh Bimmy that's on that show, like that's family. Like my mom grew up with. And that's like the cloth that I'm cut from, you know what I mean? And I kind of, I kind of, I guess you, you know, season, season a little bit of that into this project, just to set it up for the, for the next, for the album album, because I'm really about to like tell my story. Oh, oh, well, as an older folk who loves hip hop, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the journey, right? That's for me. I cannot un- overstate how important it is to, when you make an album, to make sure you make the listener curious for more, that they want more. And, you know, I'm excited to hear more. But right now, hit the links below. Phantom of the pa- of Paradise is oh, out that, now, that. Remy Banks. Um, and let someone else uh, know. If you're new to the Crush A Lot podcast and you like what you're hearing, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. But hit the links below. Uh, Remy Banks, The Phantom of Paradise is available now go check out the back catalog as oh, well. That. All that. All that. 
good stuff. Oh, and as soon as my man day. is on tour, go, go, go. That's one thing. I, I, I put on the show, man. I put on the show. Put, put on, on the show. show. Book. Very good stuff. Very good, good music. Show. I'll be rapping my ass off, but I put on a good show. <laughs> He did that. I'm and if I'm at the that. show, just stay away. I'm no good for you. Just, just warning you now. Actually, uh, the Fly Seafood, they doing like yep. a little live thing. Tune into that. Mar- I think that's March 19th. March 19th. And it's uh, me, Mavi, Zen, and Uncle John. Like we did some, you know, a little cool little, right, cool little go. song for the people. So you don't want to miss that. Hit the links below. We're gonna uh, All of that's in the link below. Crush a lot podcast. Kalina. Remy Banks and everybody else in the room. Peace. Peace.